Yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot of people who could check, like, hug Pastor Drunk off of their <laughs> list. I have, so. This is a mistake. This is, this was a mistake. I'm Martha Ellen. <laughs> I'm Josh. <laughs> I'm Shelby. <laughs> and today we're joined by... Hi, I'm Katie Chappelle. <laughs> Hi, Katie Chappelle. Hi, Katie. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was fine until we said, oh, now we're starting and now oh, yeah, I'm now just you're a little embarrassed. Off. My face is very red, but I'm fine. No, you'll get over it. Uh, well, we're, we're glad you're here today. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome. Hi. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you. Hi, I am Katie. I am 24 years old. Hey, Katie. I have blonde hair and green eyes. Do you? Liar. They're actually blue, but I like <laughs> to tell people that my eyes are green because I feel just a little more special. Um, <laughs> I, I grew up northeast of Atlanta, 30 minutes away from Atlanta, okay. an hour and 45 in traffic. Mm. Um, I have no desire to ever return. All of my friends from high school moved home. So they hang out and they have a group text and I can never hang out. But it's all right. You're living a yeah. better life here. I would like to think so. But yes, so. What brought you to Birmingham? I went to, I went to Samford. Um, <laughs> you say that like it's a terrible thing. Well, I went to Might Samford. Samford yes, Samford <laughs> listeners. I hope you loved your time there. I did not. It's okay. <laughs> um, I went there for a year and and a semester in two weeks. And then two weeks into my second semester of sophomore year, I cracked. <laughs> and I found out that if I had with if I withdrew by the first no, the second Friday of school, I'd get ninety percent of my tuition back. So oh. I withdrew and then I called my mom and I said, Hey mom, I withdrew from Samford. I need you to come on Friday because I have to be out of my dorm by two PM. <laughs> um my mom was angry, but also she understood. She was very loving. She came, helped me pack up all my stuff. I told all my friends I was leaving that uh, Wednesday before. Um, I knew that Monday, but I just got scared, you know. But I told all my friends. Everybody kind of understood. It was one of those things like you knew I didn't like Sanford, mm. but I liked my friends. So like they knew I loved them. But they also knew that I could not stand that school one more second. So then I took some time off. Mm -hmm. I worked at a real estate investment company. Interesting. It was good. My, like, it was a family friend who mm -hmm. hooked me up with a job because it was like the middle of February and I only needed a job until May. And so like no one was hiring. I applied at Wild Birds Unlimited. It is a bird seed store. Didn't get the job. What? So then I worked what? at this uh, real estate investment office. Um, I had to buy a lot of dresses because I didn't own any and I had to wear them to work. So I bought Ew. like a lot of Forever 21, like cheap. They're all the same, but in different color dresses. Yeah. So yeah, I did that. Um, and then I came to and realized Birmingham was home. Moved back to Birmingham. I've been back for May will be three years. Okay. Yeah, and I love it. It's great. I went to UAB, graduated um, in May, this past May, and then I started grad school two weeks later because I just, why not? I don't know. <laughs> so I had a two-week summer. 
Um, yeah. So, and I worked, so I didn't go anywhere. And then I started school and um, I'm in grad school online through the University of Alabama. You just um, hit all the spots. Yeah. I really bounced around from like 20 to 23. I just didn't know what to do. And then I, I people, very, yeah. very normal. And then I finally like centered myself and was like, Katie, seriously, think about your future. And then I was like, oh, social work. Um, sounds interesting. So I didn't have a good GPA. So like I applied just to see if I'd get into the grad school program mm-hmm. and I got in. So wow. I said, this is what I'll do. Um, social work's cool. You can do literally anything. You can work with kids, older people, adults, medical social work, school social work, not in the state of Alabama, but in other states that are better. Oh, and then, I mean, you can really do anything. So social work's cool because I'm an indecisive person. I've bounced around at a lot of jobs before my current one that I've only been at because I have to because it's my internship. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just bounced around a lot. And so social work I like because I can switch it up. Obviously not as often as I switched up my coffee jobs. But um yeah, I can bounce around, figure out what I want to do, and then do something different. So, Was your undergrad in social work as well? No. My undergrad was in sociology. Okay. So I was a journalism major because um, I like to write. But then I realized I will not get a job. Mm-hmm. So because I had three different schools under like in my transcripts, I just basically went to my advisor and was like, what is the degree I could graduate the soonest with? And she was like, oh, psychology or sociology? And the psychology professors, I like, they were kind of weird. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I graduate hopefully May 2020. And then like, I'm done with school never again because <laughs> it's the worst. Anyone who goes to grad school, I, I applaud. Like grad school is great, but I don't understand. Like there are people in my cohort that are moms and have like three kids. I'm like, how do you, how? Because it's just me in the world, and I'm struggling sometimes. <laughs> but props to them. Like, my mom went back to school and did, and she was, like, full-time while, I mean, it was just my brother at home at the time, but she worked full-time, had my brother and to take care of, and, I mean, she did it, and she graduated with all, like, a 4.0, and I was like, wow. woo, mom. So then I was yeah. like, I can do it, and I'm so, so tired. <laughs> but So what what are you planning to do with your masters yeah like what's your kind of your focus concentration Um, my concentration is children and their families i don't want to work with adults i know that for sure um i'm not the most patient person and you have to be really patient just working with people your own age um i just feel like for me it's harder but children i love them they're awesome so i don't know in which capacity i really want to work with children right now i'm at avondale elementary school and i love it but the state of alabama it's very fuzzy and confusing with um, social workers in schools and so i'm not actually a social worker i hmm, how would you describe it's basically like i'm there just to like lead them to social workers i'm the middleman Mm -hmm. when I want to be that social worker that is working with them and committing to them Mm -hmm. while they're like on my case. So do you know why Alabama doesn't allow or why any state wouldn't allow? Because Alabama's the worst. 
Um, I'm really not sure. So we have, I don't know a lot of information about it. I never thought I wanted to be placed in a school. And then we had, we have to have these internships and this one's a stipend. So it's, it's paid and I was going to have to quit my job anyways. And then like not have a job and not have any way to get money. So I just applied for this one. I was like, Oh, sounds fine. School. I don't know. And then I stepped foot in Avondale and I was like, I love this school. I love everything. I work for them, the Woodlawn Foundation, and I love everything they're doing. And so I was just kind of like, I could see myself working in a school and did it and I love it. And then I get really sad on the other side because I can't actually be a social worker in the school. Yeah. I could, they, they have counselors that are hired and like work for the school that are like certified social workers, mm-hmm. but you're still doing more of the counseling. So I don't really know necessarily why Alabama just hasn't changed their laws. They have a school social worker, but they have like one for all of Jefferson County. Yeah. So please wow. tell me like how that makes sense because it doesn't. Yeah. But I don't know. It's something that like there there are people lobbying for it and really working to get this changed. I just don't know if it would happen by the time I'm looking for a job. Um, So you said that you are the middleman. Does that mean that they rely on like interns to look at a situation that might need a social worker's input? And then if you see it as like valuable enough for a social, an actual social Mm. worker to look at, then you contact the social worker for Jefferson County and they come in and intervene or do they have an like a licensed social worker on Okay, so Woodlawn Foundation, there isn't a licensed social worker. Well, there probably is, but my supervisor who I report to is not. Mm -hmm. And so basically what we do is we focus really heavily on attendance Mm -hmm. because if your kid's not coming to school, there's something going on. Yeah. I mean, it could be transportation, home life. I mean, it could be anything. Um, And so I make attendance calls. So I call every time your kid is out, I'll give you a call. Mm And through that is how we really find these kids who parents don't have a way to bring them to school if they miss the bus or they're bouncing around from apartment to apartment and don't have stable housing. And then we're also placed in the school. So if a teacher sees this kid wearing the same clothes a few days in a row, they can send them to us and we can give them some new clothes. And then we can contact parents, reach out and say, hey, we had to give your child some clothes. Yeah. Uh, was this just like a bad day, laundry day, or are you in need? And so through those conversations, that's how we see who's in need at the school, what's going on in these um, students' lives and their parents' lives. And then from then on, we can uh, like get them resources. So we can connect them to food banks. We can connect them to housing resources, stuff like that. And then if we are witnessing something more serious and sad, then we call DHR. Um, so those are for the serious cases. You know, you don't call DHR because a kid's power is out. Right. Um, yeah. But so we're just in the school as a way to help the teachers and the school um, faculty just identify these kids and then make sure stuff is getting done. Mm-hmm. We're just helping out, um, yeah. which is really cool. And I love it. So has it gotten to a point where you've had to call DHR? Yes. I personally haven't had to make the phone call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really hard. I cried for like three days. It was really bad. They just, that's the one thing that school, I can't stand school because I would rather you just put me in a job and make me work and I will learn 
But if we sit there and we're reading about calling DHR, that doesn't help because then when I am in that situation, I don't know, I don't know how to control my emotions. So we've had to call, um, a few times and I mean, it's hard and that's something that I'm like, how does that ever, not that it gets better, but how do you learn how to process and deal with that? Yeah. Um, the first call we had to make was like a month in of my internship. So I was like smooth sailing. This is great. Get kids food, get them new clothes. This is awesome. And then I was like, Oh, homeless. Yeah. Oh, abuse. Like, wow, these are real things and they're here in my neighborhood. And I like, we have to deal with them. And I just had a really hard time. Plus, you know, I know these kids. I see them in the hall. They give me hugs. I love them. And it's like heartbreaking. Okay. It's heartbreaking because you just don't think that this seven year old little kid has like a lot going on at home. And then you find out and then you have to make this call. And it's always like, was that the best thing to do? Yeah. Is this a season of life where things are really hard and mom, guardian, whoever is under stress and is acting this way? Am I just about to like rip this kid out of their family and do permanent damage? Or is this going to escalate and something really serious is going to happen? And you don't know that. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't predict the future. And it's just, it's hard because I don't want to be that person taking your baby away from you. But also, I couldn't live with myself if I knew something really bad happened because I didn't take action. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's also something hard that like when you say you're a social worker, the only thing people think of is DHR. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh, you take kids. Yeah. Not really. We do. That's correct. But we do so much more than that. Yeah. It's like the last resort. Yeah. And we really work with you. We want you to keep your kids. We don't want to just like take your children away from you. Who does that? I mean, DHR, but (laughs) like who desires that is a better statement. No one desires that. Um, But ultimately, it's sometimes the only option. So to answer your question, yes, we've had to call DHR. I have a lot of feelings about it. Um, I don't know. Because, I mean, there are some times where I'm sitting there and I'm like, was that the best thing? Because a few kids we've had to call had to transfer schools because they got placed somewhere that wasn't in Avondale. And then I'm like. I just ripped that kid away from their friends, from their family yeah. for what? And then I really have to sit down and be like, no, for serious things. I mean, yeah. I had to do that. Um, not me personally, but the school. So I'm thankful I don't have to do that on my own. Like it's a team effort. I mean, yeah. the teachers, the faculty, me, my supervisor. I mean, it's everybody working together. So it's not just me, but I think it's pretty great that you have this opportunity to Like, that's probably one of the hardest things about your career path is having to see a problem, figure out a solution, and then act upon that and deal with the consequences and to be emotionally attached and to try and emotionally remove yourself from it. And I don't know. I think it's neat that early on you're having to deal with those kinds of things because I know that it's just going to keep happening. You're going to keep being confronted with those things but you're not necessarily the one who's has the final say on it at this moment so you're like okay I can mentally process the reasons as to why we had to go through this had to do this had to make that call and even the going back and forth of like this kid is no longer in its home or 
around its friends at its school, anything familiar, but there were serious reasons and yeah, this needed to happen. Yeah. So I think that, because one of the things for me that would be the hardest about like <clears throat> social worker a counseling degree or something is being emotionally attached and learning how to separate that mm-hmm. and trying to remove yourself emotionally and quote unquote leave work at work, but you're dealing with emotions all day yeah. long. Yeah, I think, and that's, like, the funniest part about being, like, a six. And if you just talk to social workers, most social workers are, like, empathetic people. Yeah. And so it's funny because you have all these people who feel empathy at such a strong degree in this field. And that's why the burnout rate is so high. Because what makes a good social worker is, like, caring so much. Then there's that other side where you're like, well, then you care too much. And then you get too involved. And then you burn out. Yeah. So there's like no perfect balance. Because then if you have people who are able to distance themselves from stuff, they're probably not going to be a great social worker, yeah. um, which is just like the reality of it. So it's just funny because all of my friends who are social workers, like we're all the same like type. We're all the same personality. We're all empathetic. And then we'll just like all sit together and just like cry because of the sadness and brokenness yeah. in our city and just like our world. And it's just that's funny that that is what takes like what it is to like be a good social worker is to care. But then, then you're also also the largest downfall. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's the worst, but the best at the same time. It's, you never know. I know that. I mean, every single city has its own complications and everything, but how do you think that Birmingham compares to other cities? Like, I mean, I feel like we have a pretty decent sized Metro and I area. And I also know that technically, if you look at like the, ratings and everything we're one of the more dangerous cities in america which is funny to me because i don't feel that way but maybe it's just because i'm used to how it is but you are seeing firsthand some of the negative parts of our city and the violence and all that kind of stuff i think it's interesting like when i lived in atlanta there was very distinct lines like this community is in poverty this community is so not in poverty Mm -hmm. and i mean they were so distanced from each other And you, like, grew up, like, you don't go over there, that kind of thing. But then in Birmingham, you're driving down the street and all of a sudden, like, bam, one street's dangerous and the next street is fine. Yeah. And you don't, you it's like things you just learn. And so what's most interesting about Avondale and what's most heartbreaking is that, like, I love all those new restaurants and shops opening up in the area. It's great. But that was all that I knew about Avondale when I got the job. It's like going to Avondale Brewery and going to Hotbox and places like that where it's like all white people in their like 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the school and like the poverty there is just like so obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have so many kids who are homeless and who are in like real life poverty. But then on Friday nights, the people down in that area are all people doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it was very, it made me very frustrated because I was like, what are, what are we doing in this neighborhood? We're just coming in and we're making these fancy restaurants and expensive beers. And then these families that actually live in the area are living in such poverty. And then we're buying houses over here. And I mean, those houses are beautiful and I want a house over mm-hmm. there. So it's very conflicting feelings because I want to live in Avondale in one of those houses with the big porches. 
but then I'm going to come in and redo this house and property value is just going to skyrocket. And then people are going to be losing their homes because their property taxes are going to be too much because I redid my house. So it's, I mean, and you see this all over the country and in different areas. It's not just Avondale. I mean, you see it in West Homewood, you see it in Edgewood. I mean, you see it everywhere. Yeah. And it's like a double-edged sword because the neighborhood starts to look nice because you are buying these homes that were really run down and were, I mean, they needed a facelift and you're doing that. And then in turn, like people are not benefiting from that. They're being hurt by it. And I think that was the one thing that I did not realize was happening in Birmingham. I just was in my little bubble of my few streets downtown where I lived. And then like Vestavia and Homewood where I would frequent. And then once I started getting out there, I mean, you're walking down the street and there's Pizzits and then a few doors down is like all those shelters. Yeah. And I don't know. I think Birmingham just what I love about Birmingham is everybody is so close together and there's not that strict division. Yeah. Like neighborhood division. But then it's also frustrating at the same time. Because, like, why aren't we doing more for those people who are living on the same street we are? Just vastly different lifestyles. I could go on a little rant about this. I'm very passionate about it. But that was just something that, like, back in Atlanta, unless I just was completely oblivious, I know for a fact, like, my neighborhood didn't have, like, the poverty right next door it was a town over Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like let me walk from my house to my friend's house and pass a housing project on the way yeah yeah but there's so much beauty in that because then you do walk past the housing project and you get to talk to people that you wouldn't normally talk to yeah and i love it i love it and that's why i love avondale because the school is so cool because you have all different kinds of kids you have the kids who just moved here because their parents like bought a house here so they could go to Avondale because Avondale is a great school. And then you have the kids who live here because they live in a hotel or like a housing project nearby and the kids all love each other and they are all best friends. Yeah. And it is the coolest thing. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Um, and that was something I just didn't get to experience in school because everybody yeah. was the same. I don't know if that even answered your question. I just went on a rant. No, I love it. I think that that's really cool. And that's one thing that I think about is really cool about Birmingham. Because I've thought the same thing is that we are doing a much better job of blurring those lines. Because for so long it was, I mean, even my parents, I mean, they've been, we've been in Birmingham since 97, so a long time. But they don't really go past Homewood. They don't go over the mountain into downtown. Because that's where their life is and that's what they know and that's what they're comfortable with. And, um, they still don't love the idea that I live downtown and they still look at it as like this, well, she's just kind of a little bit different than the rest of us wanting to do that. And not saying it is a bad thing. It's just, they would never because they're so used to their bubble and their world. But I feel like our generation is doing a pretty good job of blurring those lines and moving into areas that are like have more poverty in it and do need more help. And it is kind of difficult because I think the same things of like Avondale there and I mean, Woodlawn is kind of sort of getting this way, but it's very, it's still, the scales are (laughs) a little 
unbalanced, but, um, all these businesses are coming in, all these new people with money are coming in and buying houses and remodeling them. But the beneficial thing about that is they're pouring more money into the city. Mm -hmm. So there's more tax dollars floating around and there's more money that can go to the school because of these people. So it's kind of difficult because it's like, you don't want the people who are living there not to be able to afford to be able to live there anymore, but you want the new money to come in to help the people who can't afford things. And you want the money to come in so that the school can be better provided for and they could do more things for the community. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of this, I don't know. It, it's, and it's good to have like a melting pot, like yeah, you were talking yeah. about where it's not all super segregated. Yeah. Which I think is the ultimate goal is to have everybody live kind of together Yeah, and not by either socioeconomic or racial lines drawn yeah. through the city because of, yeah limitations it's the dream yeah it's the dream it just it's gonna take a while to get there and like it's not all gonna be beautiful along mm-hmm. the way like people yeah. are gonna get hurt by it um on both sides but i think ultimately like it's something really beautiful is happening in avondale and i just love watching it yeah it's, it's cool that you're cool. there firsthand like yeah. right there being able to see it yeah and it's cool because like i know which kids are like super well off and I know which kids are living in cars and yeah. I see them in the hallway like hanging out and playing with each other. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's beautiful. I love it. It's so cool that at that age, like, like the moment when it changes is so sad because yeah. they don't care. They, they just look at the person for who they are and like the friendship that they can provide and yeah. they love each other so equally. And that's something that we should be better at. But we stick in our comfortable groups and we don't branch out as well. And I don't, I don't know, like, honestly, it's hard to branch out, not because of comfort levels, but it's hard to find opportunity. Yeah. Well, and I feel like in the adult realm, people are like, well, what can you bring to me? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What do you do for me? You can't just be friends with someone anymore. You always have to provide them with like, I was about to say, you have to provide them with a service, but that sounded weird. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Yeah. I was talking to somebody. Oh, I think it was maybe Kyle Carpenter who was on a while back, but he said like he was living in Nashville and how every friendship he had was like, you know, you sit down to coffee and it's like, what do you need or what do you want from me? Yeah. And, um, if you don't get down to the point, then it's like, like, that's what the friendship is. But in Birmingham, it's still a little bit more about the relationship first and what you can provide second. Yeah. But I mean, as humans and as very flawed beings, we are very inclined to figure out what this person can provide you. And I think that that's on an emotional standpoint, very beneficial because you don't necessarily need people in your life who are going to drain you emotionally. So I think that's really healthy to look at things in that way. But I think more people look at it as who are you? What's your status and what's your Instagram following? Yeah. Ever since you guys started this podcast, I've been prepping for the day I'd be on it. And, but here's the deal. Like, I really feel like my life is just a bunch of mistakes that have just like formed together to create what I am now. Yeah. 
But like to the point where it's so many mistakes that I just don't know which ones to pick to share. Because well, I have start I have going so down many. the list. Yeah. Let's start from childhood. <sighs> Being born. <laughs> was was a that a mistake? Were you an oops baby? No, I wasn't. Uh-huh. I was planned. Rats. Well, there you go. Not a mistake. <laughs> not a mistake. My birth was not a mistake. Thank you, mom and dad. I won't share too many details because it still might be a sensitive subject. But like. Just a word of advice. Speaking of about Instagram and stories. Oh, yeah. Um, this is what I thought you were going to tell. Yeah, this is... I knew. I knew this is what... <laughs> well, you said you wanted me to share it. I'll share. I'm just not giving details. But, um... So, uh... I worked for a coffee shop in Birmingham. <laughs> and then it, uh... Got bought out. Um... And I felt very strongly about it. I had very strong feelings. I really didn't even like working like in coffee as much. I don't even drink coffee, but I just felt very passionate because all my friends loved it and they were the ones who were most affected. I was fine. I got another job. I was cool. But um, yes, so I had strong feelings <laughs> and I went to said coffee shop um, and I, I stole a mug, <laughs> um, which like pretty harmless i mean just take a mug it's seven dollars it's okay the company doesn't even exist anymore but it's fine and well, um, also okay a little yes. little backstory yes the the mug you stole was about to get thrown away yes, in two it weeks. was about to get thrown away in two weeks because someone told me that who was working so i drank my coffee really quick and um i put it in my backpack i could have just done that and left and been fine I don't feel guilt for stealing. Like, it's okay. I'm kidding. Well, I'm not. But um, (laughs) so I don't steal often is what I'm saying. But yeah. So but like in the time of social media, you know, everything you do has to be documented because basic bitch. So I posted about it. On Instagram, because I'm the dumbest human. At the moment, did I think I was dumb? No, I thought it was so funny. Like, I did a poll because those had just come out, and I was like, should I steal this mug? And 100% people said yes. And it was like a lot of people, let me tell you guys. It was like over 100. So I was like, I'm doing it. I'm going to steal this damn mug. I think that every single person was feeling the same way you were, too, towards... Yes. Said company. So, said company. And still does. True. Um, but yes, so I stole it. Uh, I could have left it at that, but no, I posted a picture of me in my car with it and I was like, did it? Um, cause I hate myself and I just want to watch my life burn. And then, um, about an hour later, I, uh, just was stalking my story on Instagram and I saw that it was not, it was like 90 to 10%. And, um, this one person said, don't do it. <laughs> this one person, um, I used to work with and... Needless to say, I returned the mug um, and I just am not welcome back, which is fine. I don't want to drink your coffee anyways, <laughs> but um, hmm, it's just something that still keeps me up at night, um, especially when people are like, oh, let's go get coffee at. Uh, and I'm like, mm, can't. <laughs> I'm banned. Um, I can't go back. But do you think people will know? Like, I feel like the whole staff is new. Yeah, It's, it's not. Odd. Except for one location. Yes, but that's the one location. Oh, that your friends go to? Yeah. Well, what are they going to do? They, okay, they said that they would ban you. Yeah, they said they'd ban me and then, like, call the cops. The cops. Well, the cops which would be really the funny because then Eric would get a call and I'd be like, ha, ha, ha. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I think it's more of, like, I do feel shame at some level that I did. Like, I feel bad. I, st- I don't feel bad. I stole the mug. But, like, I feel bad that I got caught stealing the mug. It's like... It's like the person, it's like the, 
just the shame of everyone knowing because the coffee world is very small. Yeah. So then I just get a bunch of texts. And everybody's like, Kitty, return the damn mug. And I'm like, back off. Let me live my life. <laughs> And I had the option to pay for the mug, and I, I still chose to just return it. Like, I couldn't, right, I couldn't even look at it. Didn't they say that you could return the mug or you could pay for the mug? Yes. And then all will be forgiven. Yeah. So you returned it, and you're still banned. Yes. But here's the thing. I've been thinking about it lately, and I'm like, <laughs> am I really banned, honestly? Or no. was that just no. something you said? Yes. Yes. But then, I mean, I don't... I'm, for those who don't know me, I have what's called anxiety. <laughs> and so I feel very strongly that if I walk foot in there, like just something, something's going to happen, like an alarm's and then I'm going to cry. And then just my boyfriend's friends have to take me away. And then he's going to just watch. And there's just, uh, I just a whole scenario. I have many different kinds that play out when I'm lying in bed at night. So I'm just never going back. Nothing, nothing would happen if you walked in. I know, but like, I don't know. And also, like, if you want to go back, you can have a whole band of people with you. And we will all all walk in there and and all get arrested. Yeah, we can protest. (sighs) But I don't know. I think, like, that was for sure a mistake. Technically, like, I mean, stealing is bad. Don't steal. But I mean, if the mug's being thrown away, why not take it? And I mean, backstory and all that. But I mean, whatever. So, I mean, don't steal just don't but don't steal and post about it on social media i think that's the main thing i think that was that was for sure (laughs) my mistake (laughs) the mistake was not stealing the mistake was posting about it that i stole yeah um yeah my mom found out she's pretty ashamed (laughs) oh she really wasn't she thought it was funny but she also was like katie you're dumb i'm still weird like i was so paranoid that like you know when you post a story or not a story yeah a story you post a story like automatically saves to the archive Mm -hmm. not only did i delete my story i deleted it from the archives because i was like (laughs) someone's gonna confiscate my phone they're gonna see it they're gonna know so yeah that one hit me pretty hard i learned from it don't post on social media i think that's when just the down not a word the decline Decline. not the downcline the decline of my posting i think it started that day makes Um, sense traumatic experience Mm -hmm. it was very traumatic (laughs) so oh a mistake um uh, moving into an apartment even though i knew the floor was rotting it's a big one just don't do it because then you'll have to move again yeah I was waiting to hear back if I had gotten the Avondale job and I really wanted it because I just, I, I loved everything that like the organization stood for and what I was going to do. And I just, I wanted that job so bad and I hadn't heard anything back. And so I called, I left a follow-up call and I like, um, hadn't heard back that day and I left the call like around noon. So there was still like some business day, but I just was waiting and I went to, it was on a Wednesday and I went to Woolworth and I had like two beers. So like I wasn't drunk, but I was like feeling pretty nice, you know? And, um, I was sitting there and all of a sudden I start getting a call from the guy who I was waiting to hear back from. Mm -hmm. And I go to answer it. And, like, the call's gone. And I was like, no, I missed it. And, like, you know, time moves slower when you're drinking. So I was like, it must have been ringing forever. So I immediately press callback. And I run outside. And I'm standing on the street in five points. It's so loud. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And he picks up. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey. 
And I'm like, hi, this is Katie Chappelle. And he was like, yeah, I am so sorry. I just got your voicemail. And instead of pressing speaker, I accidentally pressed call back. I didn't mean to call uh, you. Yeah. And I was like, no worries. <laughs> At that moment, I was like, I should not have called back. Oh, my God. And he's like, but I don't have any um, updated details. Today's been crazy, but I'll give you a call back in a few days. And I was like, no worries. Great. Hang up. Go back inside. And I was with my boyfriend. And he goes, who are you talking to? And I was like, oh, well, that guy from Woodlawn called me back. And so I call, I missed his call, so I called him again. But it was a butt dial. So that's embarrassing. And he goes, Katie, it's 1230 in the morning. yes so apparently like this guy like and now i'm cool i'm cool with like my boss now like we're friends i no i'm not friends but we're pals and we're cool (laughs) shout out and he'll probably never listen to this but (laughs) hey david and so i um i was so embarrassed and i just sat there and i was like no 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 and um so yeah i think like he just had a we've talked about it since he had like a slammed day and his phone didn't alert him he had a voicemail Mm -hmm. so he was like was done with his day had just gotten in from like hanging out with some friends and saw like it had just popped up and he was like oh let me just listen to it and then when he didn't even listen to my voicemail he did not even know who had called because he just pressed call back instead of speaker and then as soon as he realized he hung up but i had saved his number in my phone (laughs) as please answer this is david and um that's also embarrassing but not a mistake because i'm proud of it and um still like that now and um yeah and then i i saw it i had to have seen it like the exact second he had called it was just bad good timing i guess and um i immediately called back so i was like and called back and i was like "Mm, please answer and he answered because he was like hello yeah um so we can laugh about it now (laughs) but it was just like really embarrassing because i really wanted this job and i called him at 12 30 at night (laughs) (laughs) and like he for sure could hear people talking in the background because five points is not quiet so yeah just show that you you know we're We're eager and like i think i kind of like not blacked out because of alcohol blacked out because of embarrassment because i don't remember really what we talked about (laughs) i just remember i called him (laughs) i think like just the shame and the shock and embarrassment just hit me like a wall (laughs) and i was just like oh god (laughs) so then i thought like i'm not i'm for sure not getting this job there's no way i'm getting this job and then two days later i got the job so it all worked out um maybe it was that phone call I think it was like I think I just stuck with him. Just annoyed him so much. He gave me the job. <laughs> yeah, um, you made an impression. I did. Ah, oh, that girl who called me at two thirty because yeah. she really is dedicated to this job. Let's give it to that unstable human. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> One time, freshman year, um, it was right after Gmail had like changed things where you could press enter to send an email. You'd have to uh. press send. Oh, yes. You see where this is going. Mm-hmm. And um, I had this professor. I will not say his name because I feel like he's the type of person who would for sure listen. But he'll still know I'm talking about him. So it's fine. But um, he's he's pretty cute. And I had like a slight crush on him. Not a real one. But I was like, I'm gonna take his class because he's hot. And I was emailing him because I had a question about not him. a real crush. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it's a crush. It's, it's a crush. He's married with kids. It's fine. Um, he's a cute baby, though. I 
stalk him sometimes on the internet. <laughs> oh, so we're still crushing. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. He uh, came in to Feast and Forest when I was working and then he, like asked me how I was doing and he showed me a picture of his kid and then I just followed him because his kid's cute. But I really don't look at his page. Um, I promise that's not a lie. <laughs> I really don't. Like occasionally Robert he'll pop. Occasionally like he'll pop up and it'll just be like a picture of his kid. And I'm like, what kid is this? And then I have to click on the page and I'm like, oh, it's that hot professor's kid. But um, back to my mistake. Uh-huh. Um, so I had a question about an assignment and I went to send him an email and all the email said was hi because I typed hi and then I pressed enter to like go to the next line to be like, I'm confused about this part of the assignment. But instead, just- Gmail just sent it. Hi. Hi. So, then- hi. Hi. so um, immediately I panicked. I like started crying and my roommate's like, what's happening? And I was like, I sent an email to... Dr. just said hi and and she was like and then like told the girls down the hall and um it's fine but yes so I sent that email hi and then I was like oh no what do I do to follow this up um so I send another one and I guess I didn't learn from my first mistake because the second one said hi I have a question enter sent um so I start panicking and I'm like, whew, this is not good. And it was er- like relatively earlier in the day. So I was like, I'm just going to go to his office, I guess, and just talk to him about it. So I did. And I knock on his office door and he's like, come in. And I come in and I'm like, hey, um, hi, hi. hi. <laughs> Katie here. And like, my name wasn't even on it. Like just my school email and my school email, like, wasn't really my name it was like chap something is something dumb at Sanford and edu and so like he knew i was a student but like didn't know which one and i hadn't even put in like the thing at the beginning like the subject Subject. heading (laughs) it just said hi (laughs) and so i knock on the door i go in the office and i'm like hey and i thought like we had like established like this nice teacher student relationship like i asked questions in class I had a hundred in that class. Like I was pretty good. And he goes, hi, um, what class are you in of mine? <laughs> and so then like, of course my heart is just like crushed. Cause I'm like, you don't even know me. Um, it was also like, <laughs> but I'm in love with you. Um, yes. And I was like, Oh, I'm in your, I don't remember. It was some class. And I was like this class and he was like, okay, yeah, what's going on. And I was like, so, um, I updated my Gmail and I didn't know that if you just press enter, like an e-, and he goes, Oh, you're the one who just sent me two emails. And instantly I just like started sweating and I'm like, Oh God. And I'm like, yes, I did. And he's like, don't worry about it. It's actually happened a few times. Like, you're not the first one. And I'm like, okay. Still doesn't make it better. And he was like, so what's your question? And I guess just like in the rush of life, I forgot what my question was. And so I was like, oh, and did I bring any of my supplies with me to the meeting? No, I didn't. So I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, uh, my question so like what's the format for the paper and he goes um mla and i was like thank you and i just walked out <laughs> never answered my, got my question answered did not do well on the paper i passed it but not with a great grade and um yeah so then i just asked my neighbor in class questions instead of him because i was so embarrassed that's 
it's my story um katie do you have anything you want to plug uh you can say your instagram and stuff but if you want to yeah. plug like the woodlawn foundation oh, yeah. or like um any sites or anything that you frequent or think that's really important Oh, yeah. So, guys, I know these really two awesome people. And once a month, sometimes more than (laughs) once a month, they do this thing called the Loft Show. And it's really fun. A bunch of different kinds of bands and artists get together. And it's a joy. I can't always make it every month. So how about this? I will promote my Instagram handle at C-A-T-I-E. C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L-E at Katie Chappelle. That's my Instagram. And so some of my best friends are adopting a baby. I'm so excited. I've cried a lot about it. This is just so great. But yes, so we're having an event like a fundraiser and a few. I'm not sure. It's coming up. Um, but that's why you got to follow me on Instagram mm. because I'll post more about it. But yeah, we're going to have a benefit concert with a silent auction and there's going to be some bartenders there and um, not sure yet if you have to like pay to get in. If you did, it would be like $4, like not a lot of money. Um, but yeah, and then just get to like hang out, listen to a bunch of cool bands. You can bid on stuff if you like. It's just going to be just a bunch of different creative people in the community are auctioning off art or photography sessions, stuff like that. And then we'll have some really cool bartenders whom I love making some drinks and then all the tips um, will be going to the Miller family. Um, So yeah, uh, follow me on Instagram. I'll post the date. But yeah, that'd be a really cool way if you guys wanted to come out. Um, support a family in the city uh yeah so also follow me on instagram because i'll post about the food drive if you guys would like to help sponsor a kid at avondale and bring them some yummy food to eat over spring break that would be really cool of course that's not anytime soon it's in march um but yeah just stay tuned for that announcement as well thanks for listening Thanks for being on. Yeah, we really Thanks appreciate for having it. me. I feel very honored. Oh, good. All right. Uh, <laughs> bye. Bye. Shelby so just smiled. <laughs> bye. Bye. This is a mistake. But for spring break, we're doing, we're like putting together meal kits because over spring break, they're missing 10 meals that they would get at school. Mm-hmm. It's like, Actually, like 15 if you include the snack of the day. So that's a lot of food that they're just yeah. not getting over spring break. So we're putting together. I'm work, I'm starting to work on it now because Christmas, it was like I only had two weeks to put together that whole yeah. Santa thing, the angel tree. And I think there were a lot of kids that we just missed because of lack of time. So I'm starting now in the planning of getting meal kits to have just like ramen and soups and stuff like that um to put together and then the parents would come and get them that thursday or friday before spring break so we'll see i'm excited but i also don't know like if it's going to be harder to get food than toys because people love shopping for stuff yeah Yeah. so it's like people would just bring in extra stuff that they bought just because they they we liked it. it. Yeah. yeah. They were like, I just, I couldn't say no to this board game. And, but food, I'm like, ah, uh, food's not fun to shop for. And it's hard. Cause you don't know, like, what do the kids like to eat? 
yeah stuff like that and honestly i'm just like bring ramen everyone loves ramen so cheap and easy cheap and easy so we'll see it's in business, it's in business.